everyone, welcome to We Should Play. Here we play a new game every month and talk about our different experiences with each other. And this is episode two of our Brutal Legend discussion. I am so stoked for today's discussion. How are you guys today? I'm doing great. As you can tell, I'm feeling a little extra metal today. Look at this. I'm rocking the look and I'm ready to talk about this game with you guys. You've got the pink hair today too. Yeah. I, I do. I actually dyed my hair pink because of this series. Wow. So I when do expect to be reimbursed. Commitment. <laughs> you went from like the hard early 70s rock and you just skipped forward to like 90s punk and pulled it all together. Yeah, <laughs> I'm forming how, my own genre. That's how, ready, so. that's how ready you are for this. I, I'm air guitar rock. That's who. That's what I am. I'm excited to talk about this because... Uh, I'm, I'm, I had a lot of fun. And of course, you know the drill by now, we are giving away not one, but two $20 Steam gift cards. Again, you're all getting a little too good at this, so we're gonna have to make it a little more difficult on you. So these codes are gonna be sprinkled throughout the video somewhere, first come, first serve. If you find them, they're yours. Put the code in and let us know down below if you did find one. This is your final spoiler alert. We're discussing through the quest March to Impalement and we do not wanna spoil your heavy metal adventure, so go play and come back. And if you're not playing, sit back and enjoy the show. If you don't know what we're talking about, you should probably go watch the first episode. The link is gonna be right here, maybe. And uh, go ahead and join us afterwards. So we left off our discussion last week on Lair of the Metal Queen, where we save Ophelia from potential death. I don't know what the consequences would have been if we didn't get the I'm strings I'm pretty sure she would have died. Maybe, yeah. I don't know pretty sure she would have died. I think that was the implication. We had a timer and everything. Yeah. We had to get back before she died, which mm. was like down to the wire. That's really Yeah, morbid. which is pretty impressive because like somehow we know how much time <laughs> <laughs> she has left down to the second. <laughs> it, it was time. like that scene from Hercules where the like, you know, the thread is yeah. Yeah. ready to snap. Like somehow we could see that. Yeah, I was going to say Eddie's just like, yeah, the wind's blowing this direction. We've got a minute and 20 seconds. All right. And um, great reference, Sue. Uh, Hercules is by far the greatest Disney movie ever made, and I will fight anyone who disagrees. It is the second, second best Disney movie ever made. Are we talking about classic Disney, or are we talking about, like, fresh Disney? Any Disney. It's the second Why would you best. pick Hercules out of all movies? Like, no, Meg is a little bit too try-hard for me. I can't, that attitude. Meg is an independent woman who don't need no man. Yes. You got a name with those rippling pectorals? <laughs> what is that? Who talks like that? I will no. say that Hades is one of the best villains, though. I love Hades. Oh, Hades great. is great. But a right? Goofy movie is the best Disney movie ever made. Goofy so. movie is 100% top two movie top. The best is you never seen Cry it. every time, I cry every time, it's very You've good. never <laughs> seen a Goofy movie? I've seen oh. part of it. Cause they would like put, I never had it, but when I went to school, like during lunch period, I don't even know what it was, but I remember we would be like in the auditorium and they would just have a TV on for a period. And it would always be like 10 minutes of the movie that I would see in random order. For sure, if you watch this movie now as an adult, especially since you have kids, you will cry. I can guarantee yes. it. I will put money <laughs> that you will cry. Yep. I've kept them a secret for their own protection, but now they want to fight, and I'm here to arm them. And she doesn't want to tell us how she got hurt for some reason, which is kind of weird, but then, but because, then she's like, okay, Because Lars, like, uh, is going to be upset with her because he doesn't want her to fight. 
But then Eddie's like, I like it when you fight. I don't care. And then so she tells him. So then we go and she's like, I'll show you. So she brings us over to these like metal hogs. And then she's like, yeah, I was trying to destroy these things. Um, They're dangerous. But if we get them, we can create weapons out of them. Um, And then so she asks you to help out this time, uh, which I just want to point out, Meg from Hercules would never ask the male protagonist for help. I don't know why in these chapters I felt like I couldn't see the enemies, (laughs) including the boars to start off with. Um, This is going to be the beginning to a very long discussion about how I could not see who I was fighting (laughs) this entire (laughs) time. It was so confusing, especially as we get a little further into, like, the next chapter. But with this, were you, either of you, confused at what you were supposed to be doing with herding the the hogs? At first, but then Ophelia, then I I did it kind of accidentally. And I guess when I did it, Ophelia's like, great, keep doing that. Keep herding them towards me, which I'm pretty sure they didn't tell you that in the beginning. You kind of just have to figure it out. I was driving aimlessly for like five minutes. And I'm like, where am I supposed to bring these things? Yeah, I kept just attacking them and going around in a circle. And I didn't get Ophelia prompting me, but I did get Eddie saying... I should probably herd these and take them towards Ophelia. I'm like, oh, Mm. thank you. And also, I don't understand why she couldn't walk 10 feet forward. Like, (laughs) she's like, she has to stand as far back as humanly possible. And I'm like trying to herd them and they just start splitting off in different directions like the last 10 feet. Like, if you just walk 10 feet forward, we would have been good. You would have had them. She is physically exhausted yeah. from ripping out the spines out of these. Do you bones. see that? Okay. Do you, I know do, the arm strength. Really? It was intense. But I don't blame her because after we do fight the boars and she leaves us, we have to go meet her. I kind of lingered in that area for a while and I just stood still for a second and I died. So I don't blame her for standing back. Could have met me halfway. Just saying. Totally something with you. I bring, uh, you guys bring the ying, I bring the yang. I balance this out here. He's the bitter roadie. He's the <laughs> I'm really interested to know which video game characters you actually like. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, a bitter, I think, <laughs> actually, yeah. The more I think about them, they're the bitter old men. <laughs> I think my top two favorite of all time are Kratos and Joel from The Last of Us. So very, very bitter old <laughs> This level, it felt more like a mini game to me. I, mm-hmm. I thought it was really fun, but it, like many levels in this game, it felt just a little too short. Yeah. Do you guys feel that way? This was actually yeah. the hot take I wrote down on our show notes was that this whole section that we're talking about today felt really short like mini games like you're saying and they were really easy i felt like i wasn't doing very much the entire time i enjoyed the story though so i think it's got that going for it they're fans they've come for the show yeah and it's so we we drive through and then that's when eddie realizes there's like this like it almost like like a fell dark demonic energy like little miniature volcano thing and through a little more discussion we realized those are like the souls of fans and we have to <laughs> bring them out with the power of another other than rock and roll. We're introduced to a new villain, Lion White, who is kind of like basically on par with Eddie. He is a like rocker and he controls groups of minions too. And who the fuck is this guy? Where did he come from? He's this just seemed there, there was like 
no context for him whatsoever. What? He just appeared. I was so confused when this guy showed up. Really? I was so excited w- to finally meet him. He was definitely mentioned in the earlier uh, storyline, right? Right? Yes, because like, he's Lionel. the guy that stole the men and put them in the cave. And he was making them be slaves uh, okay. for him. Okay, okay. He took the women so, to the pleasure kingdom or whatever it is. <laughs> the pleasure kingdom. And, I mean, Line White, I disagree. He is not on Eddie's level. He no. is 10,000 leagues above Eddie. He is so cool. He's this yeah. David Bowie-esque character. Yeah. And apparently Line White is kind of a play um, off like a glam band that was, I guess, in the 80s. Apparently uh, Schaefer, like many other heavy metal fans, were very disappointed with glam metal and how it was taking away from heavy metal fans. So they kind of just poked fun at it. You know, the original band was called White Lion. And so this guy's General oh Lion White. I didn't know that. That's so cool. Because yeah. I love his hair, and he, like, floats down on his so hair. Cool. He's so cool. All right, so this battle, this is our first real battle. Because, I mean, we got our troops. We got the headbangers that we saved from the mines. We got the the girls that got the hog guns. And then we also have the guys on motorcycles um, Basically from Killmaster's crew. of Killmaster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. which I... I had no idea that they were healers. Um, I, I mean, I guess it makes sense because Lion White's a healer, but I thought of them, like, I kept purchasing them because I thought they were going to be, like, cavalry. So the thing I is, I had no idea they were healers I either. didn't realize they were healers. They didn't do anything. They... Um, I also was very confused because I thought it was Killmaster the whole time, and now yes. I am just now realizing that it was not. <sighs> Yeah, they, and, they just straight up <laughs> the Killmaster and just changed his hair yeah, color. Yeah, it's literally, they just, like, reskinned the model yeah. slightly, so he, like, didn't have a mustache, so you know that one's not Killmaster. I think Nina had mentioned this last episode about how the game might just be putting us in tutorial mode, and I think finally it's like, all the elements were gathered, you know, we know how to how to tell the headbangers where to go, we know how to, you know, build merch boots around the geysers, we know how to do our solo, our attacks, our combo attacks, and then it just throws us into this first big battle against General Line White. And it's funny because I didn't expect it to be real-time strategy, and it suddenly is. And it's because yeah. the game was marketed as being an action game because apparently real-time strategy games were considered like, uh, nobody likes that, don't, don't really pitch that hey, and put that on the I hush I like hush. real-time strategy games. <laughs> I like it as I like them as well. But so this was a pleasant surprise for me. I love how we utilize the open world and that became our yeah. battlefield. That was such a cool element. Whoever you wanted to call in to fight, like I kept calling in the headbangers because they were killing it Same. for me. They were doing all the work. Mosh pit. Um, mosh pit the whole way. But I loved this. I'm not somebody who likes tower defense games like at all. And mm. I was having a good time. <sighs> Boss! Eddie! My back! But then Eddie gets uh, shot, right? What? Yeah, which, he gets shot. no. Does he get shot? Wait, is are you talking about his back? Yeah, because yeah, there's he a cutscene. In the back. No, in the battle. he didn't get shot. It wasn't I a gun, but something attacked him. Remember, he, he turned into a demon the next battle. What was Nothing it? Nothing attacked him. I don't think, I think he was just destined to turn into oh, that thing. His dude. wings were coming out of his back. Yes. He was like, ow, because the wings are trying to sprout like the freaking X-Men. I thought he got hit by no, something. No, no, Nina's right, Nina's cause... right. It's his destiny unraveling. I was like, he did not get shot. There's guns in this world. 
But they they mention later on like, oh, one of their blades must have been tip uh must have been laced with demon blood. That's true. Or something. That's true. Yeah, probably before all of that happened. I felt like he was complaining about his back twice already, so to like kind of hint like something's wrong with his back. Something's happening. This, the, so this he could got be a hit question at of the some week right point. Here. Yeah. All right. This, this, this could be our question. I don't think he got shot. But yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure he didn't get shot, but now I'm confused because the game did imply that he got stabbed by something tipped with poison. Brian's totally yes. right. That's what Ophelia said. She said that. But then also, I kind of just want to believe that his destiny is manifesting and he's becoming this awesome heavy metal demon lord. Do you think Eddie Riggs' wings are a symbol of his heavy metal destiny manifesting? Or did he just get stabbed by an eeny weeny little dagger tipped with a little bit of, like, poison? I was afraid this would happen. Don't worry about me, I've always kind of wanted wings. In fact, when I was a kid, I used to dream about it all the time. This battle, we're fighting a lot in this whole section, and my biggest complaint is that I cannot figure out which side's the enemies and which side are my people. Mm -hmm. They all look exactly the same. They're the same exact models, too, so it's. It, it, I'm sure it has something to do with, like, the memory, uh, you know, you're being put onto a DVD and, you know, technical limitations at the time. It's like, you know back like scorpion and sub-zero they made the characters exactly the same they just different colors back in the day to save memory it's it's an old game design trick i just got to a point where i was just spinning in circles and just swinging my axe around just hoping i hit something luckily friendly fire is not on though because i would have killed all of my own minions as well absolutely i mean i try to land among my troops to like start guiding them like okay okay guys let's rile up let's go there and i realize way too late that i'm landing among a, a <laughs> gathering of enemies that immediately begin to beat me down and at some points like our team has like gold sparkles around mm -hmm. them but i don't know what triggers that because it only happens sometimes yeah and it'd be really helpful if they could mark either the enemies or our team so i know how to differentiate but i got very lost on a lot of these fights yeah i mean i think it seems like to me they were just trying to bank on the fact that everyone knows you can't trust anybody with pink hair just no i felt the opposite i was suspicious like suspicious well, pink hair these yeah, guys just... are the pink haired ones therefore they are the better ones so i try to like there but i guess yeah. my hair's not pink enough so i'm going back to the hair salon see if we can get more saturated pink i'm saying we can't trust sue for those who <laughs> viewers yeah <laughs> If you didn't get the joke, yeah. here, let us explain it to you. <laughs> oh, I guess, yeah, if you're listening to the podcast, where oh. you listen to podcasts, Sue has pink hair right now. Yeah. So. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah, that's, I feel that was key information for that whole joke. For all of you audio onlys. Yes. Yeah. And if you're an audio listener, definitely check out the channel to check out the rest of our hair colors. Brian's may surprise you. <laughs> you guys are really great at hauling stuff. You hang out in the shadows, you only wear black, and you're really hard to see from far away. What? I don't... My friends, these are roadies. So we finally break through this wall and we meet our new friends, the roadies. So we're kind of caught up on that story of what happened to Ophelia. The, the roadies came to help her. They are now going to help us in the rest of the battle and we're gonna get some weapons for them. But we begin moving to the Screaming Wall because we need to pick up some amps for the roadies. So we do that. It's a really short mission again. You know, these missions tend to be pretty short, but at the end of it, we get a real nice cutscene. 
Oh, I don't know if it was nice. I felt it really was awkward nice. that I was there for it. <laughs> it was nicer than I expected. Okay, there's definitely chemistry there, all right? I like it. Yes. I like to see I this. I never thought they had chemistry Me until neither. this scene. I saw it. Gone. Nina, that's exactly what I felt. That's why I like the scene. Because I was like, I can't see it. And then I see this scene, yeah. and I'm like, I'm for it. All right, I should, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah. So um, Eddie and Ophelia have a very romantic kiss at the end of this mission. Yeah. And yeah, I the whole time I'm like, oh, Eddie's just like, oh man, she's hot, and like yeah. she has like no interest. So I'm thinking, mm-hmm. there's no chemistry. This doesn't work. And then they kiss. I'm like, oh, well, maybe. And she immediately switches gears. She's like, I don't like Lars anymore. Yeah, I, I didn't get that because she and Lars had a moment, like at yeah. Killmaster's lair. So. This was somewhat confusing. I mean, I was hoping for that, but I'm okay with this. Now, it, I saw it coming a mile away, which is why I was so upset with Lars trying to steal all the credit, because he was trying to horn in on Eddie's uh, potential budding romance. That's what he was trying to do right there. Mm-hmm. Saw it coming a mile away. I actually had in my notes from uh, Battle of Bladehenge, I'm like, I'm seeing uh, a little uh, chemistry little little budding romance here (laughs) idiots that's what happens when you walk on hot lava um i also at one point drove straight into lava the lava get yep i i had the opposite problem where i refused to drive over the lava even after it like cooled down because in my (laughs) head it technically should still be really like scolding hot so i was waiting and waiting and waiting for something to happen like a bridge to form or something i didn't walk into lava i'm realizing i sent my people into the lava by accident (laughs) i pointed and didn't realize that it hadn't cooled down and they just walked right into it and all of them burned in front of my eyes the bouncers with the big fists were like my new favorite characters like, every time they're talking, I was just cracking. Like, they do something, they hit one enemy, and the guy's like, I'm helping! <laughs> like, just everything they said just made me laugh. I love them because you, when you do your double team with them, you, like, basically lift one up and, like, throw <laughs> it down. I'm just... I don't know I how Eddie's do doing that. But you throw them, like, five it? feet, though. You barely throw them. I'm hoping But it creates, like, a wave. So oh. it, like, it's, like your power cord but even stronger if you like pick them up and throw them down it like pushes all your enemies out i i actually tried to throw one into the cool down lava that's how i tested it out if it was okay to walk because <laughs> he's the newest guy he has to be like hazed so so once we get past all the lava all the waves of enemies we get these big amps for our roadies to carry and we can now jump on their backs and use the amps to destroy birds yeah Yeah. the birds were the only thing thematically that didn't add up for me it was like i didn't get it it was so small but such a because everything else is themed around heavy metal the fact that the birds really didn't fit in in anything weren't they like microphones or something that were flying there it was some i thought it was something that was flying around Um, so now i'm just learning that these birds were not actually birds they were microphones with wings which makes more sense now Mm -hmm. yes yeah because they cause feedback when you get too close yes yeah they were at least pretty simple to kill and kind of interesting how you killed them because basically you had to i don't know how you guys did it but you know with the roadies I kind of formed this like Bermuda Triangle around the birds and then kind of would just amplify. Was the whole thing that the waves would jump, like 
you would create zones of sonic boom or would it be like you didn't have to you could just do it on your own you didn't have to work with the other roadies I did not work with the other roadies. Oh. I just walked forward and like would send out like waves. Yeah. Of, like, I, I the thought frequency. like the three know. of uh, the three roadies would form like a zone, so we had to like form perimeters around the that bird area. Really cool. I think I made it more complicated than it was. But you made it more fun. That's yeah, I thought point. that was so fun. <laughs> Bring on the impalement. So we get back to the fortress and we have to make it through the cleave of the impaler to get to pleasure. Pleasure Kingdom Tower. <laughs> what was this? <laughs> I'm not I talking about this. We know what this means, but I'm just gonna. <laughs> Audio listeners, I'm not doing anything with my hands. This this was probably my least favorite mission, like of the game so far. Um, again, I, f I feel like it's a lot of like I see what they were trying to go for, and on paper, it's a it's a cool idea, but I feel like the controls again held it back because. We go past the first group and it's like, you know, you push a button and then it destroys it. It's not that interactive. And then it gets to a point where it's trying to like teach you to control your units. This is actually my favorite mission. I really enjoyed this. I love really? a stealth mission. I think it's so much fun. And because this is essentially what it is, we are not fighting enemies. We are just trying to sneak past these like security towers and we get to use the roadies to do that. I liked that part. I could not figure out that the roadies were like, even though it was mentioned, I feel like it was mentioned in the story, the roadies are invisible. That's why no one sees you guys. I could not figure out like how to make it through there. So I kept walking in front of the impalers over and over and over and over. And I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. And the roadies wouldn't, fo wouldn't follow me. So for me, it was like just another example how the game, it, it doesn't give you any sort of guidance. It doesn't see you struggling for like five minutes and go, hey, maybe you should interact with the roadies or something like that. This is pretty much the end of this mission because it's, yeah. it's super short and we come up to this door and there's a sign that says, welcome dirtbags. <laughs> that was Love funny. <laughs> and they so have a fat Lars us. there too. They have yes. like a, this chubby and looking yeah. like he got so Thor Lars. So you go up and there's just this big handmade banner like Nina said, that says, welcome dirtbags. And it's a picture of Lars, and he is essentially Fat Thor from the Avengers. <laughs> and yeah, he is visibly upset. Nothing else, like all oh, the troops dying didn't upset him that much. Ophelia almost dying didn't upset him that much. But when he saw Fat Lars hand-painted on there saying, welcome dirtbags, it's the more, most shook I've ever seen him. Ophelia even makes a comment like we should take that down before he sees it because he's gonna get upset <laughs> oh, like yeah, she knew so he was gonna get mad they don't trust me they think I'm a tear drinker why do they think that because my parents fought in the black tear rebellion Ophelia follows up like with something like oh they're never gonna trust me or like me because my parents were part of the rebellion on the other side of things so they'll never trust me I just feel like that was, like, adding to the story, but, yeah, I do think that Lita doesn't trust her fully, but I don't think it's, like, a hatred. I think it's just a trust issue because yeah, she's Lars's fair. sister. Yeah, Lita's a bit neurotic, and I like that because, um, not the neurotic thing, but because when we were in Killmaster's lair, I had stopped and I, like, eavesdropped on Lars and Lita's conversation, and she kept mentioning, like, no, because of her past... No, she's, I, we can't trust her. She kept mentioning that, like alluding to something. 
And it was really nice to kind of discover what she was talking about in this yeah. section. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it didn't come out of left field for me. It was just finally like, ah, finally, we figure out why Lita's like harboring a little bit of resentment and distress towards Ophelia. I guess maybe it, it felt like it kind of, it was like an abrupt, I, I, I don't know if it was just like a weird timing for that dialogue. It was like very unprompted feeling to mm. me. It was just like, we're like, oh, wow, look at that funny thing of Lars. By the way, I hate you. Okay, I could see it coming out of left field for, like, for this section, but it's, I think, in reference to the banner that yeah. has the fat Lars on it. Ophelia says she wants to take it down so that it doesn't hurt Lars. And I think Lita said something about, like, you should leave it up so that you can hurt him yourself. Yeah. yeah that's, that's what it was. And I thought it was, like, a sisterly thing of, like, she knows about Eddie, yeah. and she's like, that's exactly what heart. I got to. That's how I understood it. Yeah. Totally. I don't know how, but she knows about what's going on with Eddie and Ophelia. And yeah. so so that kind of implies that Ophelia and Lars do have a thing. In which case, Ophelia, you should just be up front and just break up the thing with Lars before you do the Eddie thing. That's just I still think about. Lars has a thing with his sister, so I think this is a very messy love situation. Oh my god, Tina. Brian. No one shall kill Lion White this day but I. Overall, I really liked this section. I did think it was a little repetitive for my taste because we did a lot of the, like, combat with the merch boost. I think we did that twice. And then it's also just fighting waves of enemies for the most part. And I think these are a little bit too short. I'm going to stick with my three out of five rating. It's pretty even for me. I agree. There were two battles, but the second one was so much more elaborate. And you could fly. Um, I keep believing that I'm just not getting as much of the level as I want, but I do enjoy pretty much each level, so I think I will stick with my score of 4 out of 5. This is a good, relaxing game. Again, sit on the couch, play it, drink a beer, you know, bang your head. Uh, I'm also sticking with my 4 out of 5. I think, you know, our biggest complaint last time, one of them still holds true with the levels being short, but... The difficulty increased to a more fun, satisfying level. I am really ready to see where this takes us, hopefully to Pleasure Tower, but we're going to play through the quest Deliver the Medal next week. Make sure to leave a comment below to answer our question of the week. And also feel free to join the discussion on Discord. Thank you guys so much for watching and listening. We will see you next week. Bye!